Imperfect Church podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I am John Martin. And this is the Imperfect Church podcast. All right, it's just me and Ryan today. Yep, just us. Sorry, guys. We've had had several guests over the last few weeks. Yeah, it's been fun. Has it just been the last two weeks? Just two weeks. Yeah, but that was good, though. Yeah, instead uh, of trying to pretend we're out, we're experts like we're going to do today. That's right. We're we, going to uh, pretend like we <laughs> know what we're talking about. Uh, we yep. we do hope that everybody is uh, doing well and staying safe. Yeah. Um, we you know gonna... what's crazy about like an episode like this though. What's that? And pretty much everything that we've learned over the last eight weeks mm-hmm. is that it's at, at uh, real real close. It's all going to become worthless. That's it. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> It's kind of encouragement like, to you. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, dating a girl you're not going to marry. Yeah, right. You know, you're, you're learning favorite colors, all that stuff. Right. Just a waste of time. Just a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. we've learned a lot about uh, doing things the uh, wrong way. That's it. How about That's that? It. There you go. Yeah, I, I do wonder about those churches though that put their foot down and said we are not going to do live stream because this is not the way you do church. I wonder if they're still still got their heels in the ground about that. I don't know. I don't know. Hard to say. I, I mean. You know, I'd say there has been some positive that's come out of this for several oh, really? of our churches. <laughs> that we have we have moved uh, moved more. We've all become a little bit more technological. We have, so that's no doubt. helpful. We yeah. we at Midway Baptist Church purchased a camera today. What? Yeah, yeah. Thirty five uh, millimeter. No, um, <laughs> the the nicest, cheapest camera you can get. <laughs> And what was great is, I just brag on on the deacons at Midway Baptist Church. Uh, they understood the need to for it, and I said I've been doing some research, and I found one at this price range, you know, two hundred dollars or so. And uh, their response was, uh, "Should we buy a nicer one? <laughs> yeah, that we could uh, we could use for the next ten years. Yeah. You know, is, is yeah. there is there a nicer one that you can buy? You know, a five hundred dollar one? And, right. And I said, well, from what I've looked at, and I could be wrong. Our, our mm-hmm. people listening to this may correct me, but I said. From looking at the bells and the whistles that you're going to get for the $500 ones isn't much more than what we'd use with the $200 one. Yeah. So if you really want to step up, we'll go to $1,000. Yeah. And then they said, no, you're all right. We'll yeah. do 200 So Yeah, you know, it's amazing how much you can spend on a camera. And, oh, and yeah. what I've learned, too, is just a little tidbit of information here that <clears throat> that really what's most important is not the camera. Mm-hmm. What's most important is how you upload it. Yeah. Or the speed at which you upload it. Yeah. We have 4K cameras, mm-hmm. but we can only upload it at 580 or 740, mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, so, right. So really, you're doing a bunch of overkill there yeah. that's not necessary. So I think I think the camera will probably be fine. Yeah, that's it. And I've looked at more of our audio has been the big problem. And I found yeah. out, essentially, if you want good audio, you either have to run it through a soundboard. Right, yeah. Or you can get a boom operator to stand by the stage. <laughs> <laughs> or a shotgun mic that you can yeah. put down there, or yeah. whatever you're going to do is you can record the audio separately and then overlay it onto the video and make sure you yeah. line up the lips. Yeah, that'd be pretty difficult. So there's not a yeah. whole lot of good stuff to do there. Well, the thing that I'm most worried about, Ryan, is how I'm going to report attendance on the ACP. That's really what I'm more concerned about than anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, the more that I think about it, the more that I think, how in the world am I going to be able to let Lifeway know how many people I have know, come to church? Right. Especially since we're so in love with Lifeway right now after they fired our friend. That's it. Oh, can we say that on, <laughs> on here? Dang, John. I guess. Man, I'll tell uh, you what. No, the cutbacks uh, have hurt a lot of people. That's it. Sure. They really have. Yeah. Um and and this is you say that tongue in cheek. I don't I don't know how many people are legitimately concerned about uh, reporting their ACP numbers. Yeah. Maybe some people are are thinking that their video views would help bolster that. Yeah. Um, we want to talk about some of these. How, how are we counting attendance yeah, in sure. in the coronavirus sure. um, layoff that we are kind of in with the church? 
Yeah, and I, I think the first question to ask is one that we ask, even if, we're, even if we're counting attendance on Sundays. You know, I know some people are like, well, I'm not worried about how many folks are there or whatever. Mm-hmm. But counting attendance week to week is important. Yeah. And I mean, even if you're not in the, in the middle of the coronavirus, because uh, you need some type of measure to see if you are making disciples. Right. And, and yeah. we could argue about uh, what number is most important. Mm-hmm. You know, is the worship number most important? Is the Sunday school number most important? Or do you have some other measurement that you use you know mm-hmm. we talk we have people that talk about a discipleship pathway and yeah and they're measuring uh the amount of people that are moving from step to step in the pathway and so that's what they measure and they say that's important well right now uh the numbers that are available to measure are are smaller so right you, you're only able to measure the number of people that are in a zoom meeting maybe or mm-hmm. the number of people that are engaged or watching your live stream video but even still it's important to know how many people are engaged because mm-hmm. your job is to make disciples. That requires people. You need to know if you're making disciples and you're, and you're counting heads to determine how many people are there. Right, yeah. Uh, and, and so when we think about these uh, counting parameters, yeah. uh, why, why should we be counting? Well, I, I think part of what we're trying to do as pastors and as the church is we're trying to figure out, are we losing anybody? Right. Yeah. Uh, certainly, this is a time of of unrest. There's a lot of uncertainty, mm-hmm. and uh, we, we're doing our best to maintain some sort of community. But we want to make sure: are our people listening? Are they growing? Are they having a time of worship? Are they doing their Bible studies? Are, are they doing these things that would help them grow in the Christian faith? We don't want to lose them, and if we can mark them some way, if we yeah. can count them some way, we can measure how well we are reaching them. So I think that's the the why we would want to yeah. count these numbers. Yeah. yeah, and you know, here goes the big debate that we have to have: is 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 what do we measure? Yeah, you know, all of us now have uh, have grown accustomed to. Uh, measurements that maybe Facebook gives you, but mm-hmm. if you're doing it even on other uh, platforms other than Facebook, like YouTube gives you some some analytics as well. Yeah. Uh, your your website will have analytics, and so the the question begins to to come: How do you measure what you think mm-hmm. is important to measure? And so when you look at Facebook and the video of Midway Baptist Church comes along, and uh, and it shows over the last week your video has had a thousand. A thousand views. Uh, so does that mean you had a thousand people in church? That's how I'm on market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So how do you how do you measure? What is the right analytic to look at? Right. And uh, and and then again, I think after we talk about that, we say how bogged down in it should we get? Right. Yeah. So I would also say we don't live and die by numbers, right? Right. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so I think the first thing we need to say about this, about our numbers on Facebook, our plays that we're getting, is there is the positive. That by you putting your sermon or or your church having its sermon on Facebook, yeah. you have the possibility of reaching people that you would not else you would not have have reached if they if you just had it in your church. Sure, right? there's no doubt. Uh, so that we want to praise Lost God for that. People in your community That's and it. people all around the world. Literally. That's it. That's right. And we want to praise God for that. Uh, you know the fact that. Uh, that my family in Tennessee can watch my sermons now without having to drive down. Yeah. That's great. I, I love that. I love the fact that I get to reach that audience, that sure. different audience. That's that's great. We don't want to don't want to minimize that. However, at the same time, we can't just count the views at the bottom of the video yeah. and say we reach those people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the way that Facebook counts a view on a video is if the video has been played for three seconds. That's right. That's right. So if you are scrolling on Facebook 
and you don't have your auto video scroll off, which mm-hmm. is a rookie move. Yeah. But if you don't have that off and you scroll by my video and you stop just to read the title of my sermon and right. it takes you three minutes to read that. Or to look at that mustache. Or look at my beautiful mustache. <laughs> Then, then you are now a member of Midway Baptist Church, and we expect yeah, a tie. Yeah, that's right. right. That's not how it works. No. Uh-uh. So, so let's not let's not uh, flex our pastoral insecurities by bolstering numbers yeah. that don't mean anything. And you know, Facebook, Facebook obviously is a marketing genius. Yeah. And and those inflated numbers are nothing but a Facebook market. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're saying, hey, you had. 1,500 views. Well, that's that's so that you say, well, Facebook is the platform we need to go to. Yeah, They're yeah. not re- Those numbers are not real, I would say. And so we have to find another way to mark engagement than just Facebook views. So, right. And some of those other ways that you can do it is, uh, is, is how many people were actually watching the live video. Mm-hmm. Now, again... This brings some uh, some some controversy even inside of it because you don't know how long that person actually watched the video either. Right, right. So it could have even been a five minute view of watch, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the peak number of viewers, I think, is a pretty good number. If you're if you've got to measure something, mm-hmm. yeah. If you if you think you feel like you need to measure something, that peak number of viewers on Facebook is a good is a good number to view. So then we get that number and we get the number of viewers on YouTube and we get the number of viewers on our website and we kind of come up with a with a an artificial official That's number. what it is. It's artificial. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is. But you're taking those numbers, right? Uh, and John mentioned uh, multiplying those numbers by 2.5, which is the yeah, average. Well, and it's one point somewhere between 1.7 and 2.5 is what I can find the measurement is online. It's it's, it's somewhere between 1.7 and 2.5. And that and that's the measure of an, an average household, right? right an average right, household right. has anywhere from 1.7 to 2.5 yeah. people in it. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you this, I I heard this on another podcast last week. The best way to find that measure is to actually ask your church how many people were watching with you and then take an average of that number. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah. they say actually engage with your people. Hey Ryan, glad you're here. How many people are watching with you? And then take an average of that number and use that number to multiply it out. So anyway, right, there's right. just a multiplier. Right. And so that gives you a number uh that, that can allow you to uh to examine uh how 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 many people are engaged. Right. Is our engagement going up? Is our engagement going down? Yeah. Uh, and really to have that idea. But even with this number, we have to make sure that we're understanding that's not an end-all, be-all number. There are yeah. people in your church that aren't watching it live, that are watching it elsewhere. That's right. Uh, there are people in your church that are gathering together in groups larger than 2.5 that's and right. watching it together. Yeah. Um, all, all these things are happening, uh, and, and we don't want to discount that. Uh, but it gives you something. Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, and again, you know, Ryan and I, we were talking about this before we got started, and and we recognize that, uh, that that having your worship service only online is not an ideal way to do church. Yeah, yep. it, it, it's it's where we are. It's where we have to be. So we're looking for something to measure, but it is not the end all. Right? Yep. We're not going to stay online because here's the deal: if you trust those first numbers, you might as well stay online. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you're reaching more people online than you are right. in reality. Right. So I mean, you know, we understand that they're not the end all, but uh, if you're looking for some way to measure it, I think that's the best way to measure it. Yeah, and as we've said from the beginning of this pandemic, church does not happen through a screen. That's right. Uh, church occurs when you and I are, are together and fellowshipping together. So 
What we're doing now as individuals and as churches is we're trying to provide something yeah. in place of the real thing. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're providing tofu until we can eat steak again, <laughs> but we're not switching all the way to tofu. And nobody likes tofu. And nobody likes it. Like, we, don't, right. we don't love this. This is not fun, <laughs> uh, but this is something we can do yeah. to help meet the need that is there. Yeah. There yeah. is a need for our people to hear the preached word. That's right. There is a need for our people to worship. And so we are providing a way in which they can do that yeah. Yeah. until we can gather together. Yeah. So I, I think that, you know, that's one way to measure. Uh, that's one of the parameters we can use. The other one that you can use is just have someone like we do during our Facebook message that is commenting mm-hmm. as First Baptist Church Union. Yeah. And they're interacting with people. And so right. you kind of get, you know how many people are actively interacting with right. the church during that time. And again, it's just, you know, hey, you know, the the Martins are watching kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yet still, you can come up with a number that way to know yeah, how yeah. many people are engaged. So I think also uh, engaging people not just when the video is live. Yeah. So calling people through the week, yeah. hey, were you able to sit down and watch the service? Right. What did you think? What are some things we can change? Right, right. Uh, you know, you're not going to be able to preach an hour and a half on live yeah. video. You can do it. But uh, you're looking at people that are in their element, yeah. in in their living room, kids yeah. going crazy, yeah. and you're you're asking them to sit there and listen to sure. a, a a maybe the video is of decent quality, but it's harder to hear. Yeah, it's harder to engage, and you're asking them to sit and focus that long. Yeah, so I had a guy tell me uh, just last week, man, I cooked lunch while you were preaching Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, you weren't engaged. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? That, they were one of those numbers, right, that we were measuring. But if yeah. you're fixing lunch while I'm preaching, you're not really engaged. It's like that person that sits in the pew that we say, stop thinking about the roast that's in the yeah, oven. That's you know, it's the yeah. very same thing right. that happens. And so uh, we need to, we do, I think one of the things that I've learned from this is questions about how can I keep the audience engaged yeah. mm-hmm. while I'm preaching live. And 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 not that I'm gonna, you know, not that I'm gonna start having smoke and lights and all that sort of thing. So start smoking while you <laughs> preach. Yeah. That'll but keep I, them engaged. But I do think it's this question of what elements can I put inside of our worship service that maintains the engagement yeah. of our people yeah. that's standing mm-hmm. in front of me even. So Yeah, yeah. So I would I would shoot for shorter videos. Yeah. There's a there's a good thirty minute to forty minute range in there for yeah. your entire worship service. That's not sufficient when we get back together, right? We want to make sure we're not we're not compromising here, but we're saying when you're making a video, you you, you got to make sure you're asking your people to do something that is plausible. Yeah. Sitting down, very still, focusing on a TV uh, for an hour and a half as you listen to a a sermon a, is not a decent communicator. A decent communicator is tough, yeah. and so we want to make sure that we're 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 setting our people up to succeed. So one of the changes that we've made, even for this week, and we'll move on to our encouragements. One one of the things we've made this week is is we're shortening our worship service by fifteen minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we've been going an hour just like normal Sunday morning. Yeah, uh, but we're we're shrinking that down. We're also going to worship. I'm going to preach. We're going to worship some more just to mix up the screen a little bit, yeah, you know. Uh-huh. And so, because it's just what you're saying, uh, people are not going to be able to maintain attention to a screen, right. for that amount of time. And I yeah. think we're seeing evidence of that in our viewers. Yeah. So, anyway, mm-hmm. that's good. Yep. All right. So let's talk about encouragements a little bit here. Uh, it's easy for pastors in in normal circumstances to be encouraged or discouraged by who fills the sanctuary. Yeah. Uh, and, and if we 
if we live and die by that number, yeah. then we'll be we'll be dying a lot. Yeah, right? that's true. Yep, yep. So I, I would say, first of all, the encouragement that I would have is uh, is that this is coming to an end. That's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a great encouragement. We're not going to be here forever. That's it. And uh, and I think we need to keep that in our minds and continue to think about that because uh, you know. Our, our hope is in the Lord, so we we think about we think about the coming reward for those that have trusted in Jesus, and mm. that motivates us to continue to live for Him right. on this earth. Same thing for this. Think about that end result, and uh, and I think we'll be more encouraged. So I would say, you know, the first encouragement is is don't realize that this is not the way it's going to be forever. That's it. It's not going to be like this forever, and also it's not going to be as pessimistic as you think it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's easy for us to look at these and say. We're losing our people. Yeah, uh, we're yeah. we're losing those because they're not watching the videos anymore. They're not engaged yeah. anymore. We're not hearing from them anymore. Uh, what's it going to be like when we come back? There's a lot of what ifs out there right. tomorrow. Right. But there's a reason why I think that the Lord Jesus told us not to worry about tomorrow. Sure. And the reason He gave was it has enough troubles of its own. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and part of that is a theological issue as well. What being knows tomorrow? Yeah, It's not any mere human. That is a divine prerogative to know yeah. tomorrow. And yeah. when we worry about what's going to happen tomorrow, we are usurping God's divine right to know it sure. and sure. ours to trust. Yeah. And so uh, be encouraged that uh, that people are indeed watching, Yeah, that that your work is not going un, undone, yeah. uh, it's not going unwatched. The Lord Almighty sees. Uh, he will reward and we trust in that and leave yeah. the results up to him. Yeah, and, and another encouragement I would say uh, kind of built on that is is continue to celebrate the small things. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I had a, a lady this week who, uh, after watching our sermon, my, after watching our message this weekend, uh, she responded and, and sent me a message on Messenger, which is a really good conversation that we've been able to have with mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. Uh, that, to be honest with you, if I were preaching in the pulpit, she may not have, she may not have reached out that yeah, way, uh-huh, you know. Uh, so, yeah. so celebrate those small things. Celebrate those uh, small victories that you see, and uh, and that's true even in our in our regular ministry is mm-hmm. to celebrate the small things. If not, you'll you'll miss uh, a lot of a right. lot of celebration opportunities. That's it. And, and I would encourage you. Uh, maybe we have several people that listen to our podcast that they aren't pastors. Yeah. Um, one way that you can encourage your pastor is listen to the sermon. Yeah. And ask your pastor a question afterwards, yeah, not yeah. a gotcha question, right? right yeah. But just a question to say, "Hey, here's something you said. Yeah, uh, how to? How, can you explain that some more? Or, or just to show them, hey, I was listening, I was I thinking, am I am engaged. There's a difference in saying and texting your pastor and saying, "Hey, good sermon." Yeah, uh, we get yeah. that all the time. Uh, it, we know it's a bad sermon. We get that, <laughs> but when you can say, "Hey," Here's a way that it specifically touched me. Here's yeah. a way that it specifically encouraged me. Here's a question I had about it. Here's yeah. a way that I was engaged yeah. in it. That will that will bless your pastor as well. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and you know, for me, uh, really, when we decided to go all on uh, to to do a full worship service on video was when uh, it was Easter. We decided we wanted to do something special for Easter, and I had been just just. Uh, uh, just recording myself preaching without any singing, and we thought, well, we'll do this special for Easter, and it'll be a one-time thing. Yeah. Uh, and we have a, a older lady in our church. She's one of our oldest ladies, uh, our one of our longest members of the church, a godly woman who, about a month before all this hit, 
called me concerned because her her granddaughter, who's a nurse, had told her, you need to stay home until this blows over. Yeah. And she didn't want to. Mm-hmm. So she called me for permission to stay home. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't think it was, we all, you know, a month before this hit, thought this was going to be like every other uh, crazy disease we heard. Sure. And, I, and I didn't think it was a big deal. But I told her, I said, hey, we love you. We want you to be safe. Stay home until this blows over uh-huh. and you can come back. Thinking to be a month. Well, now she's been out longer than all of us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she she called me uh, Saturday morning. I'd uploaded the videos on Friday uh, to premiere on Facebook, and I just uploaded on YouTube because I thought nobody's watching it on YouTube. Uh, and I got a call Saturday morning from her saying, my granddaughter brought me the sermon. Mm-hmm. She was in tears. Mm-hmm. She said, I felt like I was in church. Yeah, wow, that's good. And I said, if she's the only one who watches it, yeah. if I get on Facebook and I got one view yeah, and I yeah. know it's her, I'll do it every week. Yeah, that's right. And that's you have to hold on to that because right. that felt really good on that Saturday sure. morning. It yeah. didn't feel so good the next Saturday morning, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that's, yeah, that's helpful good. for us. That is. That is helpful. And, and, you know, that's what this is about. It's about the one, you know. That's it. Who's your one? Who's your one? <laughs> yeah. Who's your one? <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. That's good. We All ready right. for our last segment? Yeah, let's wrap up. What you? Right. So uh, as we move forward and we try to continue to encourage people, I, I, th- I think we all need to have a safe set of expectations. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so what do you see as those expectations moving forward? Uh, and uh, you know, on, on, are we going to have what I keep calling a nine eleven moment, uh, where everyone rushes back into the church, or what should our what should our safe expectations be for whatever day that Sunday is? that we allow in-person worship again. Yeah, I think I think there's a couple things to think about here. One, the difference between this uh, event and 9-11 is that uh, 9-11 wasn't contagious. Yeah, exactly. So uh, though that there were people after 9-11 that did not want to gather in large groups. Right, yeah. Um, we're it's a seeing, different fear. It's a different fear, right? And so, and even even that, we're going to have high risk people that are staying out longer than the rest of us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, today, I was talking to some deacons, and one of them asked, "What's the end of this?" And and ultimately, we don't know what the end of this is. Uh, maybe a vaccine someday, right? Uh, but we don't know. So we have to be prepared that when we're able to come back together, it will be at lower attendance. That's okay, I think. But we also need to 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 kind of caveat that with the idea that we have no idea what God has in store for the church in a year. We have no idea what fruit God is bringing out of this. We do know that he's bringing fruit, and we pray for great things from God, and we expect those things. Uh, You know, I heard it. It was not original to me, and I don't remember where I heard it from. Maybe maybe Mark Dever said, uh, you know, we have to trust in the strange providence. That's it. Isn't that the word he used? And that's kind of the way I think we have to do it. As we move forward, and, and whatever moving forward looks like for you, I think for most of us it's going to be multiple services. Uh, for most of us it's going to be services where we ask those 65 and older and those vulnerable not to come back right now. Yeah. For most of us it's going to be without nursery, without children's yeah. ministry. It's going, to be, uh, it's going to be very different. But we have to trust in God's strange providence, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. and, we, and ever how long that it lasts. You know, I remember saying, we're going to have church on Easter. Yeah. So we'll take these few weeks off, but on Easter we're going to be back. And in God's strange providence, we were not back right. on Easter, yeah. right? And so, uh, you know, I think, I think as, we, as we move forward, our expectations should be to trust in God's strange providence. That's it. So. And I think for our church, we already know when things go back to a, that we can gather yeah. like normal again. In other words, we can show up on Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. Yep. We can do Sunday school. We can do all our discipleship programs. When we're back to that, we're having a potluck. 
Yeah, that's what we're no doing. Doubt. And and you know what? I think we're going to. I think we're going to cherish. That's it. That's we're it. going to cherish the assembling of God's people at least for a time. That's it. That's it. Well, John, what are you reading? Uh, I'm reading Adorning the Dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's one that we're reading together. And uh, I would say that if you are a creative writer, uh, whether it be songwriting or poetry or mm-hmm. any other writing, that uh, it is an, it's a good book, an interesting book for you. Um, I, I consider myself even a writer because I write sermons That's every it, yeah. week, a theological writer. Um, so, so it's good for that sort of uh, that sort of mindset. Uh, if I had known that that's what it was about, I probably would have never wanted to read it. But uh, I'm glad I did by Andrew Peterson. Yeah, uh, I'm reading the next uh, the next book in the Saxon. It's called The Burning Land in the Saxon Tales. Oh, we. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm reading that one right now as well. And I'm reading, um, I can't think of the name of the book that I'm reading, uh, the other one that I'm reading, The Community of the King. Ah. Community of the King. And I don't remember who wrote it, but it was given to me by a church member. And uh, so far it's been pretty pretty interesting, and I can't wait to have uh, have a discussion with him about it. So what are you reading, Ryan? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm reading uh, The Apostles' Creed by Al Mohler, yep. uh, Dogmatics and Outline by Carl Bart. Both of those on the Apostles' Creed, um, and then I just finished up uh, finished up adorning that arc a few days ago. I just finished up the Dark is Rising sequence, which is a young adult novel mm-hmm. uh, novel sequence, and it was uh, it was it had some highs and lows. It was good, um, worth the read. Uh, kind of disappointed how it ended, but it's cool. Uh, and then I am reading a book called Wired for Story. The Wired R- Wired for Story. Okay. The Writer's Guide to mm-hmm. Using brain science and hooking the reader from the very first sentence. There you go. So it's interesting, and I think it's helpful. Uh, a lot of writing books, I think, are helpful for preachers, and I think yeah, we ought to read more yeah. of those. Yeah, um, because, because we are writers. We are whether, writers. Whether yeah. or not we... And some people may not write their sermons right. like we do, like manuscripts. But we're creating a story. But they are creating. Right? You are creating. And, the way you, and that's why I think, again, we said it last week, that's why I think preachers ought to read fiction. Yep. Because mm-hmm. yep. you're learning that storytelling. That's anyway, it. That's All right. Well, we thank you guys so much for being here with us. We hope that you've liked our podcast. If you do like us, please write, like, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And we look forward to gathering again with you next time here on the Imperfect Church Podcast. But remember, I don't remember what I'm. I don't. I don't know what my. Uh, I don't remember what my. What is it in it? Here it goes. All right, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. One day we'll be with you next time. Until then, uh, remember. Shoot, keep, what do I say? Keep loving your imperfect church, and one day she will be perfected in glory. Keep loving your imperfect church, and remember, one day she will be perfected in glory.